Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. I know everybody's got, you know, stories from from work that that kind of struck them as a little bit funny. Do you do you have any that immediately come to mind? Ooh. Um. Well, uh, you know, working in the public sector, uh, you know, working in local government, essentially, we get a lot of weird phone calls. Um, we, you know, we've gotten a phone call that like my neighbor won't quit staring across the yard at my house. Like that has happened. <laughs> is that, is that a real thing? No, that, that is a real thing. We got a phone call about that one time. Like, who do That's... I call my neighbor? He won't, he, he, he just stands at his front door all day and stares across the yard at me. Then you turn on the evening news. Man shoots neighbor. For yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you get funny phone calls like that. Or um, suddenly one day we came into the office and we each had a little Nerf gun sitting on our desk. And a guy across the hall came across with a Gatlin style Nerf gun. And we proceeded to have a Nerf gun war. Oh, just that randomly. sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, very, like, very fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. What well, about you? I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I used to bartend for a long time. Right. And this one time, uh, of of all things, a three-legged dog walks in and comes up to me and says, I'm looking for the man who shot my paw. That joke might actually be older than you are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What's shaking, bacon? Not too much. I had a, had a pretty fun week this week, uh, but we'll get into all that. Uh, yeah. We'll go ahead and start this way. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm currently drinking a glass of freshly made sweet tea. A uh, swig of tea for the working man. <laughs> why, why is that, Cameron? Did 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 you imbibe a bit this weekend? Uh, I might have overindulged. Yeah. <laughs> I um. Is is that why everyone's listening to this on a Tuesday? Okay. Look. Okay. Look now. It's it's not like it was very hard to persuade you to push this off either. Let let let's be real here. It was either record at ten o'clock on Saturday night, record after you sat out in the sun all Sunday afternoon watching the Braves play, or record tonight after just a regular old work day. <laughs> I I think. For for the sake of you, the listener, Cameron and I have made the right decision. We have standards to uphold, damn it. We do? I mean, they're not high, but yeah. But I guess technically we do. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it, it, it's the low bar, but it, it's hanging there. <laughs> More uh, like limbo than pull-ups. Yeah, yeah I'm, not as, I'm not that limber, though. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was like, it was a good weekend. It got hot, uh, oh here in North God, Carolina. 
as I know it did down in Georgia as well. Like it, in fact, we're actually under a uh, burn ban right now. We're in a drought, so we have been advised by the Forestry Service to not uh, light any open fires either. So fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny, you know. Funny how you get through December, which was like one of the wettest months on record, and just a short while later, here we are in like a drought. You might have I to think, go outside and water your mud. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Hard, hard to believe, I'd say. But no, it was it was a good warm weekend, and we uh, we spent plenty of the weekend uh, by the pool, enjoying some beverages, uh, hanging out, cooking some good food, hanging out with family, all that all that fun stuff. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. nice. Nice little uh, summer preview. And I take it that you also got to hang out with some uh, certain lads this weekend. I did. Well, thank you for asking, Cam. I'm drinking a oh, yeah. uh, a craft cider from Atlanta Hard Cider Company. <laughs> cider. Okay. <laughs> I I enjoy a good good hard cider from time to time. Uh, I've I've had a couple I like. My my trouble with them is that I feel like the majority that I've ever tried are just overly sweet. Um, at least like the name brand ones. I've never really gotten into like the more. I try not lo- to do the name brand ones. Like yeah, the Strongbow isn't bad, but but Angry Orchard is just a headache Syrup. in a bottle. Yeah, well, I, I will say the one name brand that I've found that I actually somewhat enjoyed is a Bold Rock brand. It's, I actually haven't had that one. It, it's it's very light, very crisp. Like, it's not overly sweet or syrupy, which I, I like. It's it's probably closer to more of a seltzer than it is a cider, but it's still deemed a, a hard cider. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. yes, back to uh, back to what you were uh, trying to segue into there. Uh, I had the distinct pleasure this weekend of of running into a couple of uh, of, of our friends for the first time at the Braves game. Uh, I got to meet Bobby! Bobby! And his son, Tyler. It was really nice. <laughs> Oh, he is but a wee lad. You know, I mean, just there's something special about seeing a father take his son out to the ball game on a Sunday afternoon. Did the chop house have plenty of juice boxes for him to enjoy? (laughs) I I actually, Tyler let me know that they were going to be there. And and the first thing I texted him back was, that's awesome. I can't wait to buy Bobby a beer and you a chocolate milk. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Two beers and a and a Shirley Temple for this child. <laughs> oh my God! But it was, I totally it was, would have done that had I been there. <laughs> it, it, in all seriousness, it was it was really cool to finally meet him. Um, I, I I've met Tyler before, but it was my first time meeting Bobby, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, um, thanks for your support on the show, and hope to see you at the ball game again sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, very and, cool. Uh, very camp. Cool. Hope to see yes. you at a ball game. Ever. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> some, the summer's looking like a busy one. I will make it when I'm able. I don't know if you uh, happen to notice, but I'm going to be calling baseball all summer long. So I heard. I heard. Yeah. Well, but hey. Uh, might, might I suggest, and I'll, I'll drop a little teaser for an episode that's uh, a few months out. Yeah. Might want to try to make it to Atlanta for the Padres series. That would be cool. 
rumor has it some West Coast friends of the show might show up. Ooh. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows. Uh, but we're yeah. not going to say it, because, yeah. Right. I'm just going to leave that leave that to the big we're gonna, surprise. We're, we're going to go to the games. We're going to we're gonna try to, you know, enact in person all of our favorite Twitter bits. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a grand old time. It is. It is. Hey, uh, so, you know, just mentioned calling baseball all summer long. But I got to call a couple of games last week, and boy, howdy, were they both adventures. Proceed. Come, come along, friends. Uh, come sit under the learning tree. Let let Uncle Cam <laughs> tell you some stories. Oh, God. All right. So on Tuesday night, I normally – so I, I've explained it before. I call high school baseball for the two high schools that are in our town. Um, might be a small town, but we're big enough for two high schools. How about that? So, uh, and typically the games that I call for either school are usually at home. This year we decided to expand out and do a couple of, of away games. All the schools in our conference are relatively close. The furthest school away is 45 minutes. The closest one is literally 15 minutes down the road, just into the neighboring county, right? So, I go down Tuesday night to that neighboring school to call an away game. I've only called one away game ever, and that was a state playoff game like two hours away. So this was a little bit different. This had a little more, you know, rivalry feel to it. Plus, the, t- the school that I was traveling to so far to start the season was 6-0 and going into that game, had a plus 60-something run differential. Um Uh, The most runs scored against the school going into that game was three in a single game. So I had my concerns about this game. So I end up, and Alex, I sent you a picture of how close I was to the field. I was literally set up behind the netting behind home plate. You showed me the picture, and my, my first response was just jump in there and take a couple hacks. I should. I should have. In fact, I think I even said it on my broadcast. If I were any closer to the field, I'd be wearing a uniform. Um, so kind of a cool setup since I didn't have a booth for me to set up in. I'm calling the game. And somehow the home team, or technically the visiting team, the team that I call for is tied with this really good school going into the seventh inning. Well, unfortunately, the team I call for goes up, goes three up, three down in the top of the seventh. And we get to the bottom of the seventh. And I had the joy of calling an opposing team's walk-off. Oh. Don't get me wrong. I I have called walk-offs at home before, and that is a blast. This was not. (laughs) How do you you sell that one to the audience? What was your your tone when it happened? Well, okay, just to walk you through these events, the starting pitcher for the school that I call for had 15 strikeouts in the game. Whoa. He's good. He's an NC State commit, has been committed literally since his freshman year of high school. Like, this kid's really good, right? Um, He served up a three-run homer in the first inning, and that was it until the seventh, okay? We get to the seventh. Leadoff batter hits a leadoff double against this kid. And automatically in my mind, I'm like, uh-oh, this is not good. 
Next kid comes up, has gone 0 for 4 on the night. And I remember I looked down at my scorebook and I looked across at his record for the night. And it was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, a pop out, and a ground out. And I, I'm thinking, oh, this kid's due, isn't he? And about the time that I look up, the very first pitch he sees, he dishes it out into left field for a base hit, and the other kid comes around and scores, and that's it. Oof. Three pitches and ball game over, and I'm just like, oh, no. So, so I feel like from the like the radio calls I've heard, there, there are two ways to go about it. Uh, there's, there's one, just use a tone of total disappointment, very subdued, um, and, and just you know, not into it at all. And then there's the almost react to it as if it's as exciting as your team walking it off. But then at at the end, explain how disappointing it was. What, which, which route did you go? I was probably in a solid middle ground. I mean, I didn't come across like totally somber, but it wasn't a celebratory tone either. Either. It was more or less like, you know, Hayes comes around third. He's going to come in. He slides and scores. And that's the ball game. A quick walk-off hit in the bottom of the set. You know, I kind of went that way of, you know, it's a big moment because this team's going undefeated. And, you know, they've got as good of a shot as anybody. But I definitely didn't, like, sound like I was about to take old Yeller out back either. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was Tuesday night. I guess that's a case of, of knowing your audience and like, you know, how many people and who you have listening and are they getting super worked up about these games or right. are, are they just kind of mellow about it? Yeah, I can tell you the the coolest thing for me um, that I have like that, that I've found out this year. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago, so I, I was a few games into the season at this point. I showed up. Um, at, at the school and I'm, I'm walking, you know, on out onto the concourse. I've got my big equipment bag on my shoulder and everything. And a guy walks over to me. He's like, Hey, you're with the radio station, right? And I said, yeah, I sure am. He said, Hey, just wanted to let you know, uh, last week, my, my mom was down at the beach. Um, she said he, he was like, you know, he and my, she and my dad were, you know, doing some work down at their beach house, but they listened to you all night long. Um, they were able to pick you up, and they were so thrilled they could hear their grandson playing, even though they were out of town. That's awesome, man. And, like, you know, hearing stuff like that, man, just, you know, it really makes it worth it. it, it it's really cool stuff, um, especially just for a little community like ours. You know, we're we're all real tied into sports and, and real big into that, so that that's cool. Um, that was Tuesday night. So let me go to Friday night, and I tweeted out about this Friday night. Uh, so, I'm at the other school for a home game on Friday evening. The thing about this school is that they might be the better of the two, but they have this really bad habit of falling behind in every game. They have literally trailed in every game they've played in this year, right? These kids are good, but they just have this knack for, like, allowing two or three first-inning runs and then having to fight from behind in every single game. Hey, sounds like a team I've been watching a lot of this season. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, So this wasn't a lot – this night was not a lot different. Um, 
after the first inning, it's tied one to one. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, hold them here. Uh, scoreless through the second, then into the third, uh, they get a, the opposing team gets a couple of base runners on, and then this kid comes up and just unleashes an unworldly three-run homer. So it was one of those that I'm up in the booth, and the moment he even started his swing, just seeing where the ball or the pitch was being delivered and seeing the size of this kid, in the back of my mind, I was automatically like, Welp! Uh, pitcher hung a curveball, and this kid just unloaded on it. Uh, put it directly over the 325 marker down the left field corner with plenty of room to spare. Whoa. You know, just annihilated it. So at this point, they would have hit that one out of Yankee Stadium, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, he would have. <laughs> I mean, he got all of it. So at this point, the other team's up three runs, and then they have another inning where I think they scored another. So they're up by four runs the majority of the game. Uh, the home team starts to claw back. They score a run here, a run there. So then they're they're down by two. We get to the bottom of the six. So literally, you know, they're down by two runs. They got six outs left to work with. Um, and it's either you know, fall to a losing record in the, because they're sitting at two and two. It's either fall to two and three or go three and two in the conference, right? And move into second place. And I got to call a six run bottom of the sixth inning for them to end up winning by four. And it was glorious. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I, I've called some big offensive innings before, like, just a couple of weeks ago. I hope you blew out the speakers in everybody's house who was listening. I did. Oh, I did. Uh, I got loud when they tied it. I got loud when they took the one-run lead. And, boy, the party kept going. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, and, and I've called big innings before. Like, you know, I've called blowouts before. I've called mercy rule games before. But I've never called big innings where the team is behind and having to come back. You know what I mean? Like I've, right. I've called eight run innings when the team was already up three to nothing or something like that. And that, you know, that's fun, but that doesn't feel as special. This was like, come from behind, kick them in the teeth, make sure you got this. So that was fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that was a, uh, that was my experience at the ballpark last week. And then I uh, I got to my car Friday night, pulled up the game, and it was 9 to nothing. And I thought, hmm, not bad. That's pretty good. 9 to nothing ought to be a good final score. And then, uh... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got I was, I was lucky enough. Not only did I go to the Sunday game, I got to go to the Wednesday game as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and, and we'll get into to how much fun both of those were here in a little bit. But I'll just say that uh, Atlanta Braves, if you're listening, if you wanted to give me season tickets, it would probably be best for the team because the Braves are 5-0 and in games that I've attended this season. You know, I, I am the key. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I mean, you got to see a walk-off homer. That's pretty cool. I did. Oh, it was glorious. But we'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. But for now, what do you say we take a look at this week in baseball history? Let's do it. 
All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is May 24th through the 30th. Our first fact comes to us from May 24th, 1978. Say, Alex. Yes, Cam. Being Braves fans, we know all too well about big first innings, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it could be worse, because on May 24th, 1978, in an inning which lasts over an hour, 15 players score before the first out is recorded when the Florida State League's Tampa Tarpons beat Daytona Beach 18-2. to Wow. Hold so, on, so they scored 15 in the first? Yeah. Three the rest of the game? I mean, at that point, how much, I mean, is the other team really going to claw back from that? <laughs> but hey! 10 or 11 is nothing. 15 runs. Woo. We can, we can top that. We can top that. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine the meltdown? I, honestly, I think I would just laugh. Oh. Like, I, I, I think I do. I would just be, you know, by the time we would hit like 13, I, I would just laugh. Just be rooting for the other team to score a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't score 29, I'm cool. Yeah, just get it all out of your system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just let us keep the National League record, and we're good. We're good. <laughs> all right. Our next fact comes to us from May 26th, 1929. Coming off the bench, Giants Pat Crawford and Les Bell of the Braves blast grand slams in consecutive innings, marking the first time two pinch-hit four-run homers occur in the same game. Crawford goes yard off of Sox Seibold in the sixth inning, and Bell takes Carl Hubble long in the seventh in New York's 15-8 victory over Boston in the Polo Grounds. So, we hit two grand slams and still lost 15-8. <laughs> oh, God. Also, the fact that anybody in history could hit any kind of a home run at the Polo Grounds is just madness to me. Well, you know that Hank Aaron is like one of three guys to ever hit one to dead center, right? Uh, yes, and and that's that's just wild. It, it's it's like I, I don't even know if if you look at the aerial of of the Polo Grounds, it doesn't even look like a baseball stadium. Like center field was looked like it was 550 feet away from home plate. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Neat place, though. Fun to play on the on the show if you ever get a chance. Like I, very fun stadium. To... I'm I'm somewhat ashamed to say that I've I've not played the show actually. I just played it for the first time like two weeks ago. And and you're entirely addicted now, I'm sure. No, that's the only time I a, a cousin of mine bought it and I went over to his house and played it for an afternoon and that that's it. I I uh, do I do not play video games, sir. I, I I'm not. The only video games I play are on my phone. There you go. And uh, you got some games on your phone. Oh, was Tyler asking to use your phone at the game? Asking if he could play games <laughs> on your phone. Alex, do you have Minecraft on your phone? <laughs> oh my god. Say, did you happen to catch the name of one of the pitchers that I mentioned in this fact? His name was his name was Socks Seibold. Really? Not, I mean, his name was Harry, but for some reason he went by Socks. 
Harry Sox Seibold. Yeah. <laughs> That's, Harry, uh, that is certainly a nickname. Harry Sox Seibold. Uh, quick, find me the story behind that nickname. Uh, I'll try. This is a great podcast here. Ooh, hang on. Hang on. We might have something here. Okay, this still doesn't explain it. He was given the nickname Socks by his first manager, Connie Mack, who earlier had managed Philadelphia Athletics outfielder Ralph, so- Ralph Socks Seibold. So How they many had Socks this- are out there? So they had the same last name, not spelled the same, though. Okay, so why was so- why was Ralph Socks Seibold named Socks? Yeah, this isn't explaining anything. Maybe it was just a thing back in the early 1900s that was like... I mean, there are multiple baseball teams named after Sox, multiple baseball players named after Sox. Sox were a luxury. So that with Sox? Sox were a luxury, and so that's a term of endearment. All right. You know, that'd be like, that'd be like back in 2003, if, you know, if we wanted to name somebody off of something that was a luxury, we'd be like, hey, Bluetooth Jones, come here. Like, (laughs) well, well, okay, if we were to name somebody after a luxury today, what would their name be? Pillow Top Mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be wrong to start calling Sandoval, hey, Pillow Top Pablo? Oh, no. Okay, that was a fat joke. (laughs) Literally squeeze me to death. (laughs) Um, What's a a good luxury that would be a a nickname for somebody? Um, (laughs) Hey, Bitcoin Barry. uh, Hey, uh, Air Conditioning Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, Durham Bulls were in the news uh, this past week as people assumed that Wander Franco was getting called up to the show. It wasn't meant to be. Not yet. I'm still trying to get up to Durham before he does get called up because I'd like to be able to say I saw the number one prospect in baseball play before he got called up. Uh, But our next fact takes us to May 28, 1982. During an argument with the umpires, Durham Bull skipper Bobby Dews throws second base into the stands and then takes off his jersey and powders under his arm with the rosin bag before kicking it into the air. Huh. I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of uh, Davey Martinez. But I I thoroughly enjoyed the clip of him pulling first base out of the ground this past week. Oh, I missed that. Did that happen? It did. They were playing the Cubs, and he had an absolute meltdown about a ruling on the base paths and literally yanked first base up out of the ground and threw it. That's amazing. That's an underrated, like, tantrum that I wish we saw more of. Because I, I, I tell you what, if you've already been ejected from the game, 
Get, get your, your money money's worth. worth. That's yeah. it. Like, just, <laughs> you know, if we're going to do this, let's really make a show out of it. I'm still waiting for the day that that Snicker finally snaps and yeah. just goes bonkers. Yeah, it's got to be coming, right? And, and like, feel- steals Blooper's head and puts it on the home plate umpire or something like that. Gives the home plate umpire a stunner, like just out of nowhere. <laughs> like, and I have a feeling it's going to be something. Just goes over- around, just goes around and cup checks every umpire on the field. Yeah, like I have a feeling too. The meltdown is going to be over something very small. Like Ozzy's going to hit one like down into the corner. He's going to try to leg out a triple. He's going to slide in safely, but he's going to get called out, and that's going to be it. Like, that's going to be the one that just sends Snicker over the edge. And it's going to be Sam Holbrook that makes the call. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like full circle now. I, I, I want to I see it happen with uh, – I want Snicker to go off on Cowboy Joe. Hey, speaking of Cowboy Joe uh, in the news this week, I think tonight is the night. I believe that it is. He is it that he ties the record or takes the record? I think he takes the record. Most I might be uh, wrong on that, but mo- most MLB games umpired. Which I mean, Great. it's cool. I mean, as as much flack as we give Joe, now he can retire tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a cool record that um, nobody's gonna beat not, now. It's not a cool umpire, but yeah. it's a cool record. Greenville, North Carolina's own. All right. Our final fact. Hey, Alex, uh, do you what, what do you feel about like jinxing or, or like bad luck like in, in baseball? Do you feel like it's real? Oh, man. I honestly I don't think it's real. But okay. there are some occasions where things happen in such a way, in such an order, with such timing that. I start to believe it a little bit. Okay. Well, I got a fun one for you. Our final fact comes to us from May 30th, 2001. So 20 years ago this week. After ending a streak of five straight losses to the Yankees, Red Sox ace Pedro Martinez makes light of the curse of the Bambino by suggesting that someone should wake up the babe so he could drill him with a pitch. Boston... Boston will not beat the Bronx Bombers again during their final seven meetings of the season. (laughs) (laughs) So you get a fun little soundbite out of it, and then you lose the final seven games to your arch nemesis the rest of the way. Oh, man. That, see, to me, that's more of he said something silly that motivated the hell out of the Yankees for the rest of the season. Well, and that 2001 Yankees team was oh, yeah. unworldly. Was I mean, trifled with. Yeah, until they ran into Luis Gonzalez. <laughs> Thank God for Luis Gonzalez. And Randy Johnson. Yes. And Craig Council, I, I guess. Oh, God. He I, was on that team, too. I know, but God, I can't watch that guy's at bats. It's just, it, uh, uh, I, uh. I can't. I can't watch him. Period. I'm glad we didn't get to see him make, or at least I didn't ever see him make poo-poo face while the Braves were playing the Brewers last weekend. <laughs> he makes that face, you know? Like, he does. He does. Like, something smells bad, and, you know, he's just, ugh. 
That's Craig Council. Well, anyway, this has been This Week in Baseball History. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys, we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back to recap the last week and take a look ahead for our Atlanta Braves. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. All right. All in all, it was a good week for the Braves, uh, but it didn't start out so great. The first game of the week, uh, the New York Mets came to Atlanta and Max Reed was back on the mound, had a really good outing from him. Six innings pitch, giving up one earned run, striking out eight and walking two. Typically, you think that's enough to get you the win, but unfortunately, the Mets take that one three to one. Not too many standout performances. Did did have Austin Riley going one for three uh, with a home run, so that was nice to see. He had the uh, the only RBI of the of the game for the Braves. Unfortunately, none of that is the story of the game. The story of this game was Jacob Webb throwing 97 up and in to Kevin Pillar and hurting him real bad. It, it hit him square in the face. And guys, I'm a professional wrestling fan. I'm I'm used to seeing uh, people bleeding all over the place. When I tell you I've never seen anything like this before, it was one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen on television. Uh, he went down immediately and w- within seconds was just pouring pouring blood um obviously it was unintentional the situation would would never have called for it but also unfortunately jacob webb does not seem to know where the ball's gonna go when it leaves his hand yeah um I was I was fully convinced that after that happened that he was going to get sent down for that. It's, if if not anything but to clear his head because he was obviously rattled after that happened. You know that was badly, that was rough. Badly rattled. Um, <clears throat> but I will say, Pilar is much tougher of a human being than I am. Oh yes. The oh fact that God. he walked off on his own. Oh, is <laughs> yeah, and and not only that, but worth mentioning, he was in the ballpark the next day to deliver the lineup to home plate at the beginning of the game. Joking why he wasn't in the line. Pilar suffered multiple nasal fractures. Is is gonna have to go get surgery. There's no telling how long he's gonna be out. Um, my favorite part about all this was. When when Pilar got interviewed the next day, talked about uh, speaking with Jacob Webb and, and had nothing but but kind words to say to him. He he knew that it was unintentional. But uh, hats hats off to Kevin Pilar, man. I mean, goodness gracious, that that was absolutely brutal. And and he took it like a champ. 
Uh, I said it on I said it on Monday, and I'll say it here now. Uh, I I I still do and will always hate the Mets, but I, I'm I'm a big Pilar fan now. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I mean, it that that was he handled that very well, and, and that was very cool that you know he reached out to to Webb and you know talked through it with him, and you know especially putting it out there that he was more concerned for Webb than he was for even himself. That's, that's cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hats off to him. Uh, I don't think Braves country is ready to let Webb off the hook quite as quickly as, uh, as Pilar was, but that's uh that's another conversation for another day. So moving into the Tuesday game against the Mets, you drop the first one. You really want to be able to take the series. Uh, didn't start out too well. Went down two to nothing in the third inning. Uh, had a really good start from call up Tucker Davidson. Tucker goes six innings. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry, I I misintroduced him. That is hey. friend of the show, Tucker Davidson. You dang right. Friend of the show, Tucker Davidson comes up, throws six innings, only allowing five hits. Does have three earned runs, only walked one and struck out five. That is, I, I think, his third appearance in the bigs and easily his best outing. Second appearance. Third call-up. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, t- to get through six innings, it only took him 72 pitches. Quality start. That is quality stuff out of our friend Tucker right there. So You're dang right. I certainly hope that... We get to see more of him. I truly believe that he has earned himself another start. And with the the news from last week about Soroka and and Enoa going down, you know, there's got to be room for him up here. Oh, yeah. We didn't get to talk about that. I thought we did. No, because that happened on Monday. We recorded Uh, on Sunday night. Oh. Oh. Yeah. uh, Kids do dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, I Dumb. know Dumb. there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, he hurt the team. He has to think about the effect it's going to have on the team. When when you're 22 years old and you're you're in that kind of a moment where you have you have pitched your pretty much your first bad game of the year, but your team really needed you not to. You get to that level of frustration where you just kind of start seeing red and and logic and and forward thinking goes completely out the window. Waskar ended up punching the bench in the dugout and broke his hand. So he is going to be out at least a few months. I believe he was transferred. Was he on the 60 day or the 10 day? They put him on the 10 day as basically a. So they're so so they're gonna keep him on the ten day, I guess, for as long as it takes. That way, they can get him back as quickly as possible when he's good to go. Uh, but I, I think the estimate was was at least six to eight weeks he's out. Luckily, it wasn't gonna require any surgery. So so hopefully we see him back sooner rather than later. Did Did you hear his response whenever uh, Dob asked him about what happened? I did not. What did he say? The OB, you know, said, you know, Waskar, you know, do you have anything to kind of say about, you know, what you did or whatever? And Waskar said, hey, I don't know about you, but 
I'm feeling 22, and that was that, that was a that was a song reference. I I don't I don't know that song. I I guess you're too old to know Taylor Swift songs. Anyway. Yes, I am. Okay, moving on. Someone will appreciate that, but I, I'm just not the one. Uh, appreciate it in the worst way possible. <laughs> But hey, if you appreciated that reference, let me know. Make me feel better about myself. That way I didn't just let out that wet fart of a joke. Please don't. Don't let him know. No, please do. Please do. <laughs> it only makes me stronger. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the Tucker Davidson outing is one of the few bright spots of this day for the Braves. They end up losing 4-3. to three. Uh, You did get another home run out of Austin Riley, his fifth on the year uh, in the fifth inning. You got Freeman hitting his 12th of the year in the sixth. Um, But that's that's about the end of the positives for the Braves. Uh, Mets had a bullpen game going. They had, uh, let's see, two, four, six, seven pitchers combined for nine innings, five hits, three earned runs. Uh, Probably the most successful like full true bullpen game that yeah. I've seen a team execute. Yeah. For sure. Uh, hey, so Alex, you were at this game. What was the uh what was the atmosphere like trying to was, avoid a This sweep? was not the game I was at. This oh, this you're moving into the next one. Oh, was I? Whoops. Yes. No, I'm the sorry. bullpen game from the Mets was on Tuesday when the Mets won four to three. You're right. So moving on from there to the game Cam was mentioning, the Wednesday game that I was at, uh, the atmosphere was tense. You know, a lot of times when I go to ball games, you know, up and about, you know, walking around the stadium, checking things out, you know, going to the going to the clubhouse store, seeing what they've got, all kinds of stuff. This was one where I was glued to my seat because nice. I had to see this game. Uh, the Braves really, really needed to win it. Uh, the Mets struck first in the fourth inning uh, with one run, but then the Braves come back in the bottom of the fifth and score three. Uh, Mets come back in the seventh, take the lead going up four to three. Braves tack one on in the eighth. And then who are you going to call in the bottom of the ninth inning in a tie game? That's Mr. Ronald Acuna Jr., Slump Buster! Woo! Has his first career... It feels weird to say this. His first career walk-off home run. Yeah. And He's, oh, he's walked us off numerous times, but never by the long ball. It was, it was beautiful. Just the, the tension in the ballpark was palpable. Uh, I, I, got to, uh, I actually got to meet uh, another Twitter friend this day. Uh, Papa Joel was there uh, in town from Kansas. So that was a lot of fun. He was actually sitting right next to me. And right before I said, hey, it's cool. Acuna can end this on one swing. 30 seconds later, at the most, first pitch of the at-bat, Acuna puts it into, uh, I believe it was left center field, and it was absolute pandemonium. Goodbye! Oh, it was gorgeous. We uh, So that was the only home run of the game. Got two doubles from Riley. Had a double from Swanson, who's starting to turn things around a little bit. Got six, probably Charlie Morton's best outing as a uh, back in a Braves uniform. Gave us six innings, allowing only two hits and one earned run. Struck out eight. Quality start. It was fantastic stuff. 
Uh, AJ Minter had a little bit of a rough outing, but uh, but Luke Jackson came in and got him out of the inning. Chris Martin looked fantastic, and we had one of Will Smith's better appearances in the ninth to get him the win on the day. And it was just, oh man, we needed that so bad. I I don't I don't want to know what it would have been like if we had gotten swept at home by the Mets. So you you salvage a game out of that Mets series and you got the Pirates coming to town. The lowly, lowly Pirates. I was more nervous about this series than the Mets series. I, I know. I forget if you said that to me while we were recording last week or in between recording sessions. But um, but yeah, I mean, this 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 was a trap series for sure. Yep. You know, we get into it. Pittsburgh strikes first in the first inning, taking two runs. As we've referenced a couple times already in the show, uh, the Atlanta Braves have a have a bad habit of allowing first inning runs and having to fight back from that. Luckily, the Braves come back in the second and score three runs to take the lead. Unfortunately, the rest of the game does not go very well. Uh, the Braves go into extra innings with the Pirates, and you know what typically happens in extra innings for the Braves. Uh, so the Braves end up losing um, real head scratcher in this one in a tie ball game in the 10th inning. Brian Snicker sends out Jacob Webb. In he his, was due. In his first appearance since since drilling uh, Pilar in the face. Oh, Rockies, don't you dare. What are you what are you blathering about? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I've got the Rockies Mets game on. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. Okay. So, so Monday, Jacob Webb drills Pilar in the face, is clearly shaken. Yeah. And so on Thursday, Brian Snicker decides to put Jacob Webb in in a high leverage situation in a tie ball game in the tenth. I, I I, I I go to bat for Snicker a lot, but this is this is a decision that I cannot possibly make sense of. I, I do not understand throwing this kid who who's would understandably still be rattled from that in in this kind of a situation. Ultimately, Webb does allow the two runs that 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 give the Pirates the game, um, but th- that's. I don't know where you get the logic for that one. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. The Braves did get their four runs uh, by way of a Contreras three-run home run, uh, and Dansby tacked on another home run in the sixth. Hashtag, so, hashtag the better Contreras. The better Contreras. So the Braves lose two of three to the Mets, and they drop the first game to the Pirates. Things are not going well. What are you going to do to rebound from that, Atlanta Braves? What on earth do you have up your sleeve? We're going to hang 20 on them. How about 20 runs in the next game? My Lord. The Braves win... 20 to 1. I repeat, the Braves win 20 to 1. Um and and it was spread out all like 
the only inning the Braves didn't score in was the third inning. Every other inning they put up runs. And and it was certainly by way of the long ball. Uh, Albie's, Albie's got the uh, the scoring started in the first, doubling to center, scoring Acuna. In the second, we managed to to, uh, to load the bases for Ronald Acuna Jr. And uh, you can probably predict what happened from there. Home run opposite field to right for the Grand Slam. Acuna comes back in the fourth to hit a sack fly that scores Heredia. Then Albies uh, hits a two-run homer in the fifth. Riley hits a homer in the fifth. Ozuna hits a homer in the sixth. Riley hits another home run in the seventh. Swanson hits a home run in the seventh. Riley hits a sack fly, scoring Freeman in the eighth. New acquisition Kevin Smith singles to left in the eighth, uh, scoring Ozuna. Aridia singles to center, scoring Albies. And then Adrianza pitch hits in the bottom of the eighth inning with the bases juiced. And hits an absolute piss missile and to the shop house. Hits a bomb of a Grand Slam for the Braves' second Grand Slam on the evening. And as if that wasn't enough, Ozuna comes in shortly after that and doubles to center, scoring Freeman for the 20th run of the game. Um, so let me let me walk you through my series of events on Friday night. So, as I mentioned, I was calling a game that night. Got done with the game, got done with my post-game show, packed up, headed to the parking lot, got in the car, pulled the score up on my phone, at, at which point it was like, I don't know, maybe the 6th, 7th inning? We were up 9 to nothing. So, I was like, okay, awesome, you know, good good rebound game, putting up some good offense, good for you guys. I have a tradition, I, I've never said this on the show, but I have a tradition after every game that I call, I always give my 83-year-old grandmother a call on the way home because she listens to every minute of my broadcast and she always wants to talk about the game afterwards, right? So I wasn't listening to the game or nothing on the way home. I get home. It is now 12 to nothing. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's going into the eighth inning. I'll, I'll turn the game on while I eat a, you know, eat a sandwich and update our station's website standings and stuff like that and and then you know they start scoring and they score some more and then they score again and adrianza hits a grand slam and they score once more and yeah it was wild yeah i mean two grand slams in the same game haven't seen a whole lot of that had austin riley with his first career two home run game going three for four in total on the night and raising his batting average to a team leading 310. Yeah. So the Braves rebounded pretty well, took that game 20 to one. We so, go in. So, okay. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Yes. In typical Braves fashion, did it concern you that we were going to come out the next night or the next day rather and stink up the joint? Absolutely. It did. Because we are known to do that. Yes. Uh, and we made another roster move, bringing, up, bringing back R Bryce Wilson from Gwinnett to get the start on Saturday against the Pirates. Uh, all he does is come in and throw six and two-thirds innings, allowing five hits and only one earned run, striking out four. So oh. uh, a great outing for Mr. Bryce Wilson. I didn't see that. Another quality start. Back-to-back -back quality starts. Uh, out of Bryce Wilson. 
Imagine that. Fantastic. You also get uh, a double from Swanson, a double from Riley. Uh, Ozzy Albies, it's his turn to hit two Rome runs in a game. He hits two. Ronald Acuna Jr. hits his 15th of the year, leading the major leagues in homers. Uh, also adding another to his leadoff homer total. Yes, first first pitch he sees. We're getting spoiled by this, guys. It's it, it's it's he's, normal for us, but it's not normal. He's he, he's coming for the record, Ricky. He's coming. I, I can't wait. Oh he's man, he's coming. That'll be great. Braves win this six to one, uh, taking the series lead against the Pirates. Had uh, oh, I should also mention. Luke Jackson shuts it down in the ninth inning. Ooh, look at there. Sounds, uh, sounds pretty elite, if sounds you ask me. very elite. Uh, to go along with an elite 1.53 ERA from Mr. Luke. Man. Cool enough. You know, that almost, do you almost, know anywhere that people could get a Luke Jackson t-shirt? Boy, do I. You can go to teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. We have a grand variety of Atlanta Braves based merchandise. And if you happen to be a Padres fan listening to this podcast for whatever reason, we also have a piece of merch for you as well. Good old Shark Melanson. So uh, why'd you have to say he's 16 for 16 and saves this year, man? Why'd you have to say his name? He built a house in California. He was never coming back. Uh, stop it. He wasn't. Ah, it's time for you to face wax. Stop it. I need to move on to something that's going to make me happy. And that is talking about the Sunday game, the series finale against the Pirates. So, hey, did you get a bobblehead? I did get a bobblehead. Did you get two bobbleheads? Did you get get one for me? (laughs) Did you? Um, So we did get two bobbleheads, but my wife took hers to her office. Ah! So sorry, buddy. Uh, I'm about to send her a message. But, you know, um, next year, I will make sure to get an extra Austin Riley MVP bobblehead for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, go into the Sunday game. Got Max Freed on the hill. And, boy, does he twirl a gem. Seven Jesus. innings, allowing only four hits and one earned run. O- only struck out two, but still had a fantastic outing as a car alarm goes off in the background. I think one of Austin Riley's home runs just landed. I think it did. Um, so as as I mentioned, uh, Friday was the first time in Austin Riley's career uh, that he had a multiple home run game. Well, Sunday was the second time in his career that he had a multiple home run game, giving him nine on the season, hit a three-run shot in the first inning, and followed it up with a two-run shot in the third, uh, which essentially gave the Braves the game. Uh, Swanson also tacked one on, giving him eight on the season in the sixth inning. Uh, and and of all people, Edgar Santana comes down and shuts it down for the Braves in the ninth inning. Ronald Acuna made a heck of a catch in the ninth. Yes, he did. Goodness that was cool. Gracious. That was <laughs> neat. Yes. Um, and, and just so, a fantastic way to cap, cap off the weekend. And gotta say, too, like a good turnaround within the game for Max Freed. The the first inning wasn't all that great. He was a bit. I mean, I know he allowed the, just one run, but um, pitch count got kind of high through the first couple of innings. He faced six batters in the first inning, but then still manages to stretch it out and go seven. Goes seven, 
and and even with a rough first inning, only threw 87 pitches in those seven innings. Yeah, that's the thing is that like, and I swear I think maybe his last two were both three up, three down. Like, just yeah. he, you know, after the first couple of innings, that dude really just settled in on an especially hot day where I don't it know. Was, if, oh my God, it was hot. <laughs> I don't know oh, if Lord. Like, grip was, you know, he, he was missing with his curveball quite a bit to begin with, but uh, then he, yeah, he really settled in. That was awesome. We got out there at, let's see, the, the gates opened at 1130. We got out there at about 11 to stand in line to get one of those bobbleheads. And I, I, th- I thought I was going to die. Like, it was... By by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, it, it had to be 90 degrees and just humid as all hell. It was it was a rough one. So, yeah. Yeah. So we spent most of our time in the uh, in the chop house on on this day. Very nice. Yes. Uh, so that was a that was a pretty good week. End up going four and three. Uh, you know, could have been better. But uh, but you still came out of the week with a with a winning week. And, uh, and, 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 oh boy, did we have a, did we have a standout performance, uh, from one of our players in particular, but I'll throw that to you to take that one away, Cam. Yeah. So we're going to bring a quick segment back that we started doing last year. We hadn't really done this year yet, but boy, oh boy, does the timing feel right now. We are going to bring back the chatting average player of the week. Alex, and, I really feel like you should introduce this one. <clears throat> um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Austin Riley. Guys, I think we have ourselves a third baseman here. Uh, yeah. There uh, are there are some folks eating crow right now. Oh boy, it 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 was it was just remarkable. He 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 had six home runs all week. Uh. You know, four of those were in two multiple home run games. In the games he wasn't hitting home runs, he was still hitting doubles. The the kids got his power back. Do you do you remember about a week ago when I was saying that eventually these pitchers are gonna get sick of walking the guy and start throwing him strikes? Yeah. It happened, guys. It happened. He t- he took his batting average up about I think it's 31 points in seven games. He is now hitting 320 with a 414 on base percentage and a 549 slugging percentage. Second only on the team to Ronald Acuna Jr. and leading the team in batting average and on base percentage. My goodness. Uh, Yes. And uh, another stat that I, I should point out here. Since April 18th, Austin Riley has led the entirety of Major League Baseball in WRC Plus with a 2.09 and WAR with 1.9. Big God. River doing big things. This is this is for real, man. This this guy is the truth. And if we have Ronald being Ronald. And then we have this version of Austin Riley. Albies is still hitting well. That gives us time for for Freeman to get going, for Ozuna to get going, for Dansby to find it, for Contreras to start hitting more. 
Like we now have the luxury of that. We now have the ability to tack on these these big run totals that we weren't getting earlier in the season. And yeah. that, coupled with the fact that we kind of glossed over, every single game this week, we got a quality start. Every game. That's a good sign. That's a really good sign. You can get you can get past one weakness. Obviously for us, that's our bullpen. Hopefully that's going to be addressed when, you know, Shane Green and a few others come back. We did make some moves. Uh, Biddle's back in Gwinnett. Uh, Webb's back in Gwinnett now. Um, you know, hopefully we're we're starting to piece together the guys that we're going to make our, our summertime run with. Um, but, you know, if we're getting quality starts every game like we have this week, if we're putting up crooked numbers in in most innings like it seemed like we did this week there are very good things on the horizon for this team yeah uh also the mets just lost to the rockies the mets lost to the rockies and the phillies are trailing by six in the top of the ninth so if the if that score holds that puts the braves solely in second place in the nl east and one game behind first. And only one game out of first. But Hayes say, Alex, off, guys, this could be a very big upcoming week for the Braves. It really could. There are some big games coming up. Starting on Tuesday, we go back to Fenway Park, where we had fond memories from last season. I remember some big home runs coming at, coming at Fenway for us last year, and I hope to see a lot more this year. Uh, Tuesday, 7-10, we've got Charlie Morton up against Garrett Richards. Uh, Boston's been playing well, so it's going to be tough. Hopefully we get a start from Morton like we got out of him last week, uh, and the bats can, can keep doing what they've been doing. Moving on to Wednesday, uh, we've got the 7-10 start on ESPN+. Plus. We have a... Hello? Hello? That, yeah, that, that, hello? Hello? Hi. Yeah, is that the, uh, is that the Chowder Average Podcast? Oh, my God. Hello? Is this, is this Mayor Lobster, is this Mayor of Boston, Mayor Lobster? Yeah, this is Mayor Lobster. Alex, you've really got to stop answering the phone when this guy calls. Yeah, I was uh, I was calling. I I happened to notice that you guys are coming up here to face the Sox again this week in Fenway. Is that yeah, true? Yes, Mayor, we are. It's uh, you know, Boston. Don't interrupt me. But anyway. Don't think that I, Mayor Lobster, and in my infinite wisdom, do not recall what you guys did at Fenway last year. I I thought it was great. Don't interrupt I... me. Anyway, I understand. You remember that 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 bear fella that you have on your team? Yes, Ozuna. No, you gotta. You got a you got a bear fella on your team. Oh, Panda, yeah. Yeah, we don't like him very much here. But I thought he played for you guys. Why not? Why don't you like him? Played is a very subjective word. How so? 
Uh, well, the biggest breakout he had in his tenure with the Sox is when his belt broke during spring training. <laughs> anyway. Did you know that he's hit four pinch hit home runs for us so far this year? Yeah, and I ate four bowls of, of lobster bisque for supper. Big deal. Anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to know in this two-game series what you guys felt like was going to happen. Well, it's going to it's going to be a brave sweep, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel pretty confident. I mean, I don't think we have any reason not to. I mean, sure, the Sox are a first-place team, but... Yeah, the bats it, are hot. You know, yeah. we've been pitching well. Yeah, yeah, I think pitching matches, you know, set up fairly well. And, you know, we played really well in Boston last year, so I don't see why that chemistry... Stop talking, boy! <laughs> anyway, I think the Sox win all three games and make but, you guys Mayor, look like Mayor, a bunch Mayor. of fools. Mayor, there are only two games in this series. Well, we're going to win three. Anyway, do we guys have to play you again later this season? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, can can we expect you back on the show? Sir, you can have me on the show anytime you'd like. I, that's that's great to hear. It's it's a real honor to have uh, to have the, the mayor of Boston joining us. Yeah, this is his third appearance on the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. Pretty, pretty impressive that that you remember such numbers in your advanced stage. How old are you now? <laughs> okay, well, I'm old I, enough to remember what you people did with all the tea. Well, well, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, tomorrow uh, I've got a big day, so I've got to go. I'm signing a new piece of legislation tomorrow, so I, I got to go. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Mayor. All right. I, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> what? That, guy, that guy's a freaking idiot. <laughs> How does he keep getting voted in? I Well, consider the city that we're talking about. <laughs> All right, so we talked about the Tuesday matchup. Going into Wednesday, the Braves have a 7-10 game on ESPN+, Plus, uh, with Drew Smiley taking the mound against Nick Pavetta, uh, a familiar face for uh, for, for the, the Boston Red Sox there. So uh, got a quick two-game set at Fenway before heading down to City Field in New York. Got a lot of blank spots on both sides for pitchers here. But what we do know is that on Friday uh, against the Mets, we have a 7-10 start, and Ian Anderson will be on the bump for the Braves. Got an open slot on Saturday uh, with uh, with a to-be-determined pitcher going for the Braves against David Peterson for the Mets. So, uh, you know, between between you, me, and Mayor Lobster, I'm I'm really hoping to see uh, to see Tucker Davidson come back up and and have a great start against uh, hopefully the second place Mets by the time we get to that game. It's, it's gotta be either Tucker or Bryce, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and, they, and that game's on big Fox. That game is on big Fox. I, I think, is that our first Fox game of the year? Uh, I think so. I think it might yeah. Be. Yeah. I believe so. Well, from, from there we go to our Sunday game, the Sunday night baseball game. We're back home on ESPN with a, 
really, guys, go out of your way to watch this game. Um, yeah. It's Max Fried versus Jacob deGrom. See? Um, me and Cam were talking about this. First of all, this game is going to take about an hour and a half. Yep. Um, ain't nobody hitting anything. Um, Final score, one to nothing. And and hopefully, uh, so, here's what I'll say. Uh, someone's going to get degromed in this game. And and hopefully, as per tradition, it's Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> I, personally, I never really ever worry about playing degrom anymore just because... I don't trust the Mets to provide him any support. So, honestly, my main concern with with facing Jacob Degrom is is getting his pitch count up as as early as we can. Right. Yeah. Because this is we're we're talking about a pitcher who has the ability to go to go nine innings. So we need to get him. It doesn't matter if we don't score runs early. We just need to get his pitch count up and get him out of the game so we can start facing pitchers who we can score against. Yeah, exactly. And and to be honest with you, at this point, I think the Mets feel the same way about the guy they're facing in Max Fried. Yeah. Should be fun. So, yeah, going to be, gonna be a fun one. Two big series. Got the Red Sox in the first place Mets. So uh, so it's going to be a big week for the Braves heading into uh, heading into June. I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, a good week here could really be the turning point, especially since you you follow up. And, and, you know, we'll pre- preview this on next week's episode. And you follow up with a Memorial Day series against the Nationals. So, yeah, I, 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 I hesitate to to accept your use of that phrase, because at this point, I think we could have a, an entire segment on the Braves season turning point of the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this past <laughs> every, Friday, every week we we think we've seen a turning point. Yeah, I should I should probably stop calling those. And thus far, we have been grossly inaccurate. So, uh, sincerely hope we are back with more good news this time next week. But that's gonna do it for today. For Mayor Lobster, I'm Alex. We'll see y'all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.